All right, what up, y'all? Welcome back to the Don't Fret Podcast. My name is D. Fretter. I'm a poet, spoken word artist from just outside of Vancouver, BC, Canada. And this is my podcast where I like to have conversations with creative types, entrepreneurial spirits, talk to them about what they do, why they do it, their process, mental health, self-love, and other things like that. Uh, this week, uh, there is a main episode coming out. But this is kind of, an, this is another solo episode, but it's like a solo bonus episode. Ryan is working on another episode with RS12s. My wife, Alana, is like a guest co-host. And Pia is coming back to guest host with me. So it's a lot of voices. It's a lot to edit. And Ryan is a little finicky when it comes to sound and stuff like that. That's why we love him. That's why he's the chief executive officer of nerdy, nerdy shit. Chief officer of nerdy shit. I don't remember his, his title. Chief director. No, I don't. I don't know. I could look it up, but I don't feel like it. Anyways. Um, so in the meantime, I'll just talk to you guys about something that happened to me this week. Because I think if nothing else, maybe I just want to scream into the void and. I figure a podcast would be the best format for me to uh, get it all out in one go. Okay. <clears throat> so as some of you may know, I got my start as a musician. I started writing songs when I was like 17, borrowed my older sister's guitar without asking, and started writing my raps over guitar chords or like just... Honestly, just strumming on the D string, or no, the E string, doesn't matter. And I became obsessed with writing songs. I wanted to write like the best songs. I wanted to be, I wanted to be as cool as whoever told who, like, I wanted to be as cool as whoever told me was cool, kind of thing. And my tastes were very dynamic. There's a wide array of artists that I found influential, um, but to really boil it down, I kind of wanted to be kind of like the Dirty Heads and Matt Carney or Gym Class Heroes or somebody, because I saw, I watched, I spent so much time watching YouTube videos of these guys just strumming on acoustic guitars, singing their songs, and people liked it, and I was like, oh, I could do that, um, and my music career, if you will, wasn't good, didn't go smooth, um, for starters, I was bad, Obviously, I thought I was just automatically great because I was doing the same things and I would just kind of figure out like, oh, how does Jason Mraz play that riff while he's singing? That's cool. I'll, I'll figure that out. I'm just as good as that. And I, I definitely had delusions of grandeur, which I don't know if I've ever really. I feel like I should apologize to some people who had to deal with me when I first got into music. because I wouldn't shut up about it and I sucked. And. You know, they made sure I knew I sucked, which is kind of them in their own special. It was mean, but it's a good thing they didn't, you know, puff me up and have me believe in I was good. I don't know what kind of person I'd have, I'd have become if that happened. And like I said, my my sound wasn't defined, wasn't there. I had all these ideas in my head, but they would change depending on who I was more into, you know, was I more into Matt Carney, was I more into, I used to love this band named Need to Breathe, or Mike Posner, who, he's 
he's definitely my favorite artist. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh my God, Taylor Swift. I'm like, oh my God, Mike Posner. But he makes his sound changes from album to album to single to single. And um, yeah, I think I, I kind of have some of that in me as well. Just being a dynamic, varied individual. But yeah, I, my sound was undefined. I didn't know how to make beats. I didn't care to learn. You know, I should have learned, could have learned, didn't. Um, I didn't, I just kind of thought that I'd meet somebody who would get me. And I, I never did. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I made friends for sure. A lot of the people who've been, well, a couple of people who've been on the podcast and one person who's eventually going to get on the podcast, I wouldn't know without music. And I, I love them. They're amazing friends. But I guess I just thought that I would find like a producer who would help me make like this really cool pop, hip hop, punk rock, reggae sound and then I would just, it, it would catch on, song would blow up or something, and then, you know, I'd be touring, and I never, I never really thought, like, oh, I'm gonna be so famous that I'm, like, Justin Bieber famous, or, or, um, even, like, Mike Posner level famous, I just wanted to travel around and do shows, I, I just loved performing, I've always loved performing, no matter what it is, you know, like I did school plays. I wasn't a theater kid, but I was in the school play and I enjoyed that. I've, I've done stand up. I love that. Even as a spoken word artist, I love performing. It's just something about me, you know. Some people like to skydive. But, anyways, yeah, no, I just kind of thought things were because every time I would listen to interviews about how they would make it, how these different artists would make it, it sounded pretty easy, <laughs> you know, and I believed that it would be, and it wasn't. And it, and it, I haven't made it. And the Vancouver music scene is kind of pretentious, and it's art, and it's competitive. And I think that the city has that energy, that spirit, and it just bleeds into the music scene. But it's there. And I didn't get a ton of support because again, I wasn't great. I wasn't necessarily a good singer. At least not for most of my career. Um, I worked really hard to practice and get get better at writing songs and play my guitar and I took vocal lessons with one of my friends from college for a couple of years and she really helped me get my game up and I, th I feel like I've grown into like a decent musician and singer and writer but you know I was running around doing all these open mics and I, I would face a lot of bullying and some racism and I've been assaulted at shows and just all this stuff, it was, it was bad, I was running around all these mics, I was burnt out, nothing was working, you know, like, whatever I was thinking of doing, just wasn't working to get me to uh, develop as an artist, like, get a career going, right, and so, uh, right before 2020, the first wave of COVID hit, I was already burnt, and I was already like, I don't want to do this anymore, what I what I'm doing isn't working, and I still wanted to be a musical artist, right? Um, I still wanted to do music, but I didn't want to do music the way I was doing it. And I wasn't sure what to do because, you know, I'd been running around doing all these open mics, and some people were familiar with my songs, but nobody was like offering me shows or or really coming out to shows when I would post that there were shows, and I'm like. 
friends were coming, and, and, and I've developed this belief that your friends shouldn't be your fans, and maybe that's a coping mechanism. Maybe. But also, I think it's good, because they can still be a good friend and, and support you as a person and not necessarily support you as an artist. And maybe that's a different conversation for a different time. Let me know on Instagram if you want me to talk about that, because I will, because I like doing these solo episodes. They're fun. Because, you know, all my TikToks are basically just my opinion anyway, so I can uh, I can keep doing that. But yeah, um, so that sucked, and I was tired, and I was tired of being pushed around and shoehorned into a sound or like a subgenre I had no interest in being part of. Um, people just wouldn't listen to me when I'd say, like, oh, no, I, I'm much more interested in this genre, like this kind of pop music or this kind of hip hop inspired music. And they just like, yeah, yeah, but you're a folk singer because you play acoustic guitar. And it was exhausting. And I hated it. And getting pushed around and being told who you are and having people not listen when you tell them, actually, this is who I see myself as, or this is who I believe myself to be. And a lot of people kind of gatekeeping me learning new things and be like, oh, you could never produce your own stuff, you don't have the ear for it, or you could never, uh, you could never make your own music the way you want to, and you have to do it this way, and I ended up making an EP that I put out, I think in 2018 or 2019, it had four songs on it, and the songs meant a lot to me, but they were produced by somebody who had told me that they got what I was going for when we first met, did like a pre-production meeting, and then the making of it was awful and they wouldn't listen and they just went ahead and made changes and added shit that I didn't want added to songs. And when I asked them to take it out, they refused. Or if like, if I did want those things taken out, they would charge me the same amount that I'd already paid for the songs and all this stuff. And I asked about getting mastered and they said like, oh, like my stuff never gets mastered. How dare you kind of shit. And it was just like a bad experience, but I had promised my Instagram followers, which in hindsight, they would have forgotten. They wouldn't have cared. Um, I didn't have that many at the time, and they just wouldn't have given a fuck. Um, because in general, in general, a lot of people who follow me don't really care about my stuff in the sense that, like, they're not going to get angry at me if it's late. Uh, they're not going to yell at me if it's... uh. You know, it it came out later. Or even if I had just been open and honest and said, like, look, I was working on this thing, but I'm really unhappy with the product, and I want to give you the best product possible. Um, So this isn't coming out. I'm going back to the drawing board. I think they would have been fine with that. And I'll never know because I was younger and less less secure at the time. I wasn't that young, but, like, I was definitely less secure as so I was like, well, I'm a man of my words. So I'm putting this shit out and I hated it. Like I got some amazing responses to it from people who don't know me or people who do knew me, do, did know me. And they were really kind and the songs were meaningful. But like anytime people would mention it, like I was shoehorned more into this, like, like I'd get compared to, I've never listened to a full song of this, but I get compared to the bare naked ladies a lot which is super hurtful because they're a joke band. They're like Weird Al Yankovic's kind of, right? Or AJR, who, like, I know they're popular. I know that some people think they're cool. 
I can't stand him, and I can't stand Twenty One Pilots either. Um, and that's maybe that's gonna turn some of you off of me, and that's fine. But I, I just didn't like it. I didn't like getting these unfair comparisons, and I didn't like that I wasn't able to put out art that reflected me. And all these things kind of came to a head. And then when March 2020 hit, and I was forced to take a break, I was like relieved. I was so happy that open mics stopped. I was, I was great. I just collapsed, and I put, I didn't play my guitar for months, months, right? And um, I kept writing, and I discovered the art form. Well, I didn't discover it, but I got into the art form of poetry by way of. Andy Grammer's podcast, uh, he used to have a podcast, and he'd, he'd read uh, an excerpt from a poem by Cleo Wade to one of his guests, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, and I started following Cleo Wade, and I was like, oh, that's cool, and I um, I bought her book, and I really liked it, and then it was just kind of like low-key about being interested in poetry. You know, and I was like, oh, maybe I can just like be a musician who puts out poems on Instagram kind of like this. And so I dabbled in that a little bit, you know, but, you know, like I was writing lyrics and my wife would be like, oh, I like your poetry. And I was like, oh, well, this is, I'm, I'm no Fitzgerald, I'm no Shakespeare, but whatever. I don't think this is really poetry, but thanks. And then one day I was listening to a different podcast called The Good Life Project and the guest was none other than Adam Schmalholtz, a.k.a. NQ, my number one absolute favorite poet, my hero, my distanced mentor, the big brother I always wanted but never had, whatever you want to call him. And he was just saying a lot of really like kind of philosophical things about art and growing up and how he had a lot of emotion as a kid and a lot of anger, and he didn't know what to do with it. He didn't have an outlet, but he loved hip-hop. And I was like, oh, that, that, that all resonates. And he did, he did his poem, Father Time. And there's a line in it where he said, when you're rejected by the person that you're created by, you secretly feel like you don't have a right to your life. And it brought me to my fucking knees. And I was like, I got to become a poet. I got I to do stuff like this. I got to create like this. And uh, I attended a workshop of his and I, I got to be, he randomly selected people to do, to share what they wrote during the workshop. And I was one of the three people that he picked. And that video is on Instagram. It's really awkward and cringy because I'm so fucking nervous. But ever since then, I've been a poet. And I found myself as a poet that I, I never found myself like that as a musician. I never found my voice, never found my home for my creativity in the same way, right? And so I started pursuing poetry. And there were a lot of people who would say, like, hey, like, you know, like, it's cute that you're writing poetry, or I know that you're a poet, but I really can't wait for you to put out more music. Or, like, I love your poetry, but, like, it's, it, you're going back to music and stuff when I first, you know, um, was doing spoken word stuff. And, like, I kind of get it. You know, nobody likes, nobody likes change, but also these are people who never, were never super supportive of my work as a musician anyway, so why the fuck would I care, you know, and I was like, and I'm, I'm having fun doing this, and it was, 
It was so relieving. Not relieving. It was so cathartic to finally feel like I found a home, found a scene to plug into, and found something that I enjoyed doing, you know, that just, just set my soul on fire. And, and I've made some amazing, amazing friends doing this. I've made, um, like, way deeper connections through my book than I ever did with my music. I, I, it, it, I just feel it in my soul that this is what I'm supposed to do, right? And I, eventually I took down my EP because I hated it, and I was like, I don't want this to represent me anymore, you know? And I ended up making another song. Um, it's out. So, like, in the process of me being a spoken word artist, I wanted to work with my friend Cassandra Mays to make a spoken word album. Originally, Joy and Misery was going to have an album connected to it, but it, it just didn't work out. And I think those tracks are somewhere on like SoundCloud or something. But also, we made a song called Staring at the Wall, um, which is out now. I just put it out on Monday. And so when I put it out on Monday, I got a DM from someone who shall remain nameless. Um, and he said, like, oh, it's really good to see you going back to doing what you're supposed to do. And this is an individual who will sometimes comp like sometimes I'll post on TikTok and me just like singing, playing my guitar or something like that, just because I'm bored. And he'll comment something like, oh, like, it's nice to hear these songs again. Sucks that I can't listen to them on Spotify anymore or whatever. And I would just kind of delete the comment and be like, OK, whatever, get over it. Um and, and like, this is somebody who I've also explained that whole story I just told you and how I feel better as a creative doing what I'm doing now and how I feel more purposeful and all this stuff. Anyways, DMs me. It's nice to see you going back to doing what you're supposed to do. And I was like, you know, I'm going to use this as an opportunity just to make a general statement. I've made this statement a couple of times in the past because some of my supporters just haven't been able to reconcile that I'm not the same entity as the person that they started to follow because they don't like it when creative types change. And it gets me, you get, you get, it's gotten me thinking that some people aren't a fan of you. They're a fan of like a past version of you and anything beyond that, anything different from that, they full on reject. And that's fine. But it's like, you need, to, you need to be honest with yourself about that. It's like, oh, I liked this thing that he did, but I don't like what he's doing now, you know? Um, and you can separate the art from the artist in that sense, I think. I think it would be different if I came out and said something anti-Semitic or homophobic or transphobic or, yeah, it just became like a huge bigot. Then you're supporting a bigot. But if you just like want to keep going back to the one thing I did because you don't like the other things, that's fine, I think. You know, I go back to like older albums of Kid Cudi's more than I do Man on the Moon 3. Um, anyways, so I posted on Instagram. I basically just wrote like a like a little think piece saying like, eh, don't DM me shit that I'm supposed like telling me what I'm supposed to do because you don't get to make that call. Artists grow and change. And if you really want me to keep making music, you can just send me ten thousand dollars. I'll make all my songs right now. And if not, then you're you're just gonna have to wait till I feel like dropping more music. Um, and then someone else, who again shall remain nameless, DM'd me and and basically said that it was like weird and desperate for me to make that joke, and that I'm mentally ill. And I posted about that, 
Um, and, and she had said something like, um, just because people like your music more than your poetry doesn't make them bad people, which I never said anyone was a bad person for. I just said, you don't get to tell me what to make, especially if you're not going to fund it. And the reason that I said that is because something that I don't think everybody really understands, like if you're not a creative type, maybe you don't get it. Making music costs a lot of money and you don't make a lot of money off of it, right? So like right now I have two songs on Spotify. That Those two songs cost me like about $1,000, $1,500, something like that, right? In order to make that money back, I would need like 50,000 streams on Spotify. I don't have that. I have like 2,000 2, streams on Moonlight in Barcelona with Alexis Lynn, which I split three ways, I believe. So I don't even make all that, you know? And then um, I make, and, and then Staring at the Wall, I think it has less than, like, I, it has less than 100 streams. So go stream it, but, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, and there's no merch attached to it. No one's, like, booking me for sure. Like, I don't make money off of music, but making music costs a lot of money to make one song. And, you know, I could do it a cheaper way, but then it might not sound as good. Or maybe. I don't know. Probably wouldn't. It won't. It doesn't. If you want something to sound professional, you work with professionals. And so I never see a return on my investment in the same way. And music gigs don't pay well, you know? Like there's this company in the Vancouver music scene that kind of has a monopoly on live performances for artists at my level. And you don't make anything, you know? It's, it's basically pay to play. Um, and so anytime I do a, a music show, it is just because I felt like it for fun. You know, like music for me is just, it's just, supposed to be fun it's not a vocation it's not a passion it's just I'm just here to do it because I felt like doing it you know I told one of my sisters that it's basically my version of skiing a very expensive hobby that doesn't have a real point to it um and maybe that's not fair I mean it's a little harsh but that's how I see it right now and yeah when I do poetry you know, there it's not as hard to make in the sense that like I don't have all these moving pieces to worry about. It's still hard to write and and I think in some ways to create a a poem that can draw people in and get their attention like a song can. Not like a song, but in the same the, the poems that capture your attention are hard to write. And I've been very lucky to have written a few, you know, and putting together my book and all that stuff. It didn't cost as much. And and um, poetry gigs pay more, right? Like, they just do. Um, my job with Vancouver Poetry House going into schools pays more. It pays more than my day job. But I don't. I just don't get to do it that often, so I still need my day job. But um, holy fuck, <laughs> it's... There's so many reasons why poetry is be a better thing for me to do, right? And I, I feel like people just don't always understand that. Like, I'm more personally and creatively fulfilled doing it. I've had more deep connections with people. I've made more fans. Like, like m 
more follow. I've made way more followers off of. I have never, never posted a video of me singing on anything and then gotten followers for it. You know, um, but when I've posted poems, I've gotten followers. When I do poet, I've never made followers after a music show, um, but I've made more follow. I've gotten more followers. More people rock with me when I do my poetry thing. I. You know, I didn't spend a ton of money because I, I, you know, I pay. I spent a little bit of money with my editor for Joy and Misery, but I made the cover myself. I did the layout all by myself, um, and then I I used Amazon, which I I won't. I don't think I'm gonna keep doing that, but you know, with that, I spent like maybe maybe five hundred dollars to make the book and I've sold a bunch of copies of the book. So I've like profited off my art, which I've, I've never been able to do with music. So in a, like in a capitalistic sense, like the gigs paid better, there's a better return on the investment. And then as an artist, more people resonate with it. More people like it. It means more to people, you know, people can, and can stick with it, you know, um, I've gotten more recognition as an artist this because of it, you know what I mean? In any understanding of the word success, whether you're talking shallow success, it's money, recognition, you know, capitalism type shit, or deep success, relationships, connecting with your audience, poetry is a better fit for me, and the music is just fucking for fun, you know? Like, I just put out Staring at the Wall because it's been sitting on my laptop for, like, years now. And I was like, hey, I, just, I should just put it out, get it out of my head. And I put out Moonlight in Barcelona because I, I wanted to work with Alexis Lynn. <laughs> I, I, I love Alexis. She's one of my best friends, one of my favorite people in the world. I had this song that she was so generous in, in putting a second verse on. I love working with Cassandra. She's one of my favorite people as well. Like we're, we're maybe not as close, but I really like her and I love spending time with her. And um, So I just did it. You know, those are my two songs, and and I want to put out other songs. I've I talked to if you listen to the podcast, you know that I had my band Big Hollywood Meetings on, and we talked about maybe re-releasing my EP as like the versions that I always thought of in my head. And I might still do that, but it's like I just I'm gonna do music on my own time because even like I've promoted it on TikTok a lot, and still doesn't translate to streams. You know, like I have a video of me singing it on piano. It has like eight times as many views as the song has streams and stuff. You know, it's, it's hard to get people to give a shit is what I'm trying to say. And that's fine. Like, I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying that there's so many reasons why poetry is a better fit for me. And, and even if you don't care about me and my personal fulfillment, still just a better business move so how could you fault me for that and then yeah like i i said on instagram you know if you're mad that i said give me run my bread so i'll make this shit i'm just saying like if you want to tell creatives what to do like pay for our labor you know um run my bread because if you're going to tell me what to do then you have to pay for it if you're going to tell me oh your book should be this way it's like great fund it you know and and that's not me saying i have a lack of principles i'm just saying if you want me to value your input you're going to have to value my effort, time, energy, whatever you want to call it, 
run my fucking bread and that's all um and i don't i'm not mentally ill like i i deal with depression and anxiety just like everybody else at times but i don't have like a diagnosed mental illness which so i thought that was kind of like over the top and a little ableist i guess i don't know anyways yeah i just kind of wanted to tell that story um because maybe i've never been super candid about it but yeah doing music it was 10 years of no direction no mentorship rejection getting bullied getting harassed being excluded and being treated like a fucking joke and i and, and it costs more you know it, it was I don't know, it's not me giving up i'm just saying that like because of all these things and because i found the thing i was always looking for in something else that's what i'm gonna do you know and when i do music it is for fun and it is I mean, Staring at the Wall is not a fun song. It's it's a sad song. But I did, I put it out for the same reason that I put out my book, is that I, I, I'm sharing something that, that I wrote that came from very a very difficult time in my life in hopes that it helps people feel a little less alone. Moonlight in Barcelona is not that at all. It is, I, I, I was pretending like I wanted to travel in a love song, you know? Um, but, um... Yeah, like other songs that I put out, it'll it's either to entertain you or maybe make you feel a little less alone or something, but it's not my top priority. And a lot of my followers were super supportive. Like when I posted the DM that I got, they were like, yo, fuck that person. Keep doing you. And if you're one of those people, you're amazing. And also, thank you for listening to this half hour rant. Uh, I really appreciate you. But um, yeah, I... I just wanted to get it off my chest and talk about like yeah the the music journey was brutal and I, I originally I loved it it was like my favorite thing in the world I couldn't get enough of it but I I fell out of love with it because I I something was missing and I fell out of love with it because people kept treating me like shit and I was tired of it which is not to say that I don't get mistreated in poetry ever because i do um you know i have haters and not rivals but there are definitely people who do not fuck with me in the vancouver poetry scene or in the online poetry scene and that's fine i don't fuck with everybody and not everyone has to like me i'm just saying that i've just felt like i'm doing what i'm supposed to do and i took a long winding road to get here but i feel like i'm on my way and i also i like I haven't made him I haven't made one in a while. Like I got to work on that this weekend. Um if you made it this far and you rock with me, if you really rock with me, uh if Monday I haven't posted a YouTube video, DM me and be like, "Yo, where's my YouTube video? Where's my video about the mental health or whatever?" Um I don't even know what it's going to be about cuz I was going to do one on the laziness lie and I ended up not doing that and making it a podcast. Yeah, I'm going to make a YouTube video um, this weekend because I, I like doing that. I like making the videos. I feel like it's cool. Um, like when I'm done, I'm like, oh, cool. I made a video. That's awesome because I love, you know, Cody Ko, um, Joey Kidney and guys like that. I just kind of want to combine, you know, a little bit of humor 
little bit of mental health talk and add nuance to the conversation because like the, the two guys I just listed are straight white men and I'm a black man. I guess it's not that different, but you know, just I think that I have more people in my life who are marginalized than they do. And so I try to inject a little more nuance and I just think I have a different perspective. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff I'm working on and, and yeah, like, like I've said a million times this podcast, more music's on the way. I'm not done making music by any means. It's just not my top priority. And you don't get to tell me, not you. You guys are great. But the person who DM'd me, who I think might listen to this podcast, you don't get to tell me what to make or how to make it or anything like that. And, you know, if you don't like creative standing up for themselves, just unfollow me. You know, um, I do my best to walk the line of being creative and authentic to myself and doing something that like is expressive and also entertaining people and giving people what they want. But if what they wanted was something that I couldn't give them, I just wouldn't do it. And yeah, I, I guess that's kind of it. You know, there's other things that I'm working on. When I tell you that I spent so much time researching things that I never, I would have never dreamed of having to look into, um, it, it was crazy. And I'm going to need a grant <laughs> for the next stage of my bit. Well, not the next stage, but the stage ahead I'm going to need. I think a grant for my business because this is ridiculous, but we'll get there. And hopefully we'll get there. I was talking to Ryan about things that I was envisioning for Don't Fret. And I was getting pretty excited about it. So thank you for rocking with me. And I hope that you stick around long enough to see it. And I, I truly appreciate your support. Anybody who commented on my most recent Instagram post or anybody who DM'd me and offered uh, voiced your support. I really appreciate that. Because like I said, when I started, damn near... 13 years ago, I didn't have support. Um, I had people who tolerated it, but they didn't support it. They didn't believe in me. And, and and still, people who are closest to me, I guess in terms of like family or friend circle, they don't believe that I'm going to succeed or that I'm going to do well at anything. So to have your support, really, it, it means the world. So thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for listening to this solo episode of the Don't Fret Podcast. My name is D Fretter. Y'all have a good rest of your week. Be safe. Be smooth. Peace.